0: Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Matt Orlik. How are you, Matt?
1: I'm all the better for speaking with you, Shade.
0: Oh, thank you. My honor to have you, my friend. Um, If you don't mind, uh, you know, please uh, sharing with us what you do, and then we'll take it from there.
1: So I currently own and operate um, about nine different businesses. In the last 15 years, I've started 26 of them. So I guess what people kind of call me the whore of entrepreneurship in the nicest possible way. And I guess I wasn't really like a high class whore, I was the the cheap one that did everything and anything. And it's led me to where I am today, whether that's going to be beneficial for me long term um, or not, I don't know. But I definitely optimized for experience rather than, I guess, money earlier on in my career. And yeah, we'll see how it's going to unfold
0: that's awesome so were you opening like a business a month or something because you're 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 very young <laughs> you seem young yeah it was
1: like a couple of year, i guess um yeah three, that's awesome potentially yeah I, I i learned a lot
0: that's amazing and then where the how is a uh, success failure ratio for for all those businesses
1: yeah i guess success is subjective you know i guess yeah. the eye the beholder so we look at businesses that lost money versus made money, I think one to two of them, one didn't really get, it was like a Kickstarter campaign that didn't really catch fire and that's probably the only one that didn't succeed. Anyone, any business that started and made money, it was profitable, just whether oh, just whether, like you know, how much profit do you deem as success depending on your resources and I guess your, your ability to scale other businesses.
0: Yeah. So, having that much experience, what would you say your number one advice will be for someone that is uh, in the entrepreneurship journey? Um, Any tips you can share with them that you have learned from your mistakes?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I came undone three, four years ago. I went by the typical narrative of success, you know, followed all, all the right rules, all the, the whole playbook to try and have a great, happy life. And then when I got there, I realized it wasn't, wasn't all it. So I did a lot of, I guess, interpersonal journey. And I, I think I just decided to figure out that money carries a signature. And there's data attached to the money you make. So how you make the money is more important than how much you make. Yes. And this is what I in, internally really realized. So today, when I start businesses, I really, I really have a framework more around the authenticity of the business rather than, I guess, the capacity of growth of the business, meaning that I'm more worried about how long can I operate or work within this business almost without getting paid and still want to be in the business, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, no, it so definitely does. The longer that
1: time frame, I think the more authentic that business is to me. And that's, that's more the path I'm looking to go on at the moment. Because I, I, you know, based on those businesses that I, that I created, some were super successful, some were okay. But I realized that depending on the level of authenticity within the business and how much I enjoyed the day-to-day or the mission of the company, etc., that money f- was internally more valuable to me than one of just pure monetary success. And I went went even a step further than that. It was almost like my whole goals and ambitions for the company weren't as materialistic because I was being fulfilled by another, I guess, KPI that was within myself. So it was almost less pressure as well. Because when you enter enter a business where it's just strictly money-driven, then all you're doing is looking around you, who's doing what, how much revenue are you day, day generating, you know, how much can you ex how much is your company worth? You know, that dick measuring kind of contest side of things is, is heightened. When you I think when you enter a business that you just enjoy and love so much, whether it be from product you're producing or developing or the mission or the, the way you're adding value to your customer, all that seems to deteriorate. Yeah, my advice would be in short, follow something where you can really stand the test of time and not have money as a key indicator of how much you're going to enjoy the business. And you run sim- so, simulations within your own mind. And, the, you know, if you can say, five if I do this in the next 20 years and I make 50 grand a year, I'm happy doing this type of business. Then I would lean into more of that than, than another business where, you know, you think you can make 500 grand a year, but you don't know if you can do that for the rest of your life if you don't make the 500 grand a year, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, is it safe to say uh, lead your business with heart?
1: Sure. That's probably a decent analogy, but you know, then again, what the heart wants sometimes isn't entirely correct. I think internally, because the heart's probably running on certain belief systems that have been installed in, within us. Uh, and I you have
0: I, to shift those, though. Yeah, you have
1: to shift those. Like for me, fun is probably the most authentic mechanism we have within ourselves. Right? Like you can't fake fun. Like, there's nothing really that can… I love having fun. Yeah, right? Like, who the fuck doesn't? Like, how can you fake that? Laughing, having fun, or just… that, that That's the internal mechanisms which, which we thrive, I think, as an organism. So, if you, have, if you can develop a business where you're consistently having fun, then I think, yeah, you, you're winning.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say, if, uh, based on your success, what the percentage would be for a mindset and skill set ratio?
1: 90 mindset 10 percent skill. Yes, baby. Woo! My new best friend. <laughs> well, do other people disagree <laughs> to that statement? Do you get different answers?
0: Uh no, no, no. Uh mostly uh, the people that I interview, the ones that are are I found um that the, the highly successful ones give mindset a pretty big uh, percentage. Uh, because without mindset, even if you have the skill set, you might not do what you need to do to get where you need to get to. Sure,
1: I, agree. Right, I think so in, in I certain, agree and at a certain level of business, EQ takes over IQ very, very, yeah. very early on, I think. So yeah, I think that's one thing I realized early on in the piece where I was most valuable as a founder, meaning that my responsibility was to have the vision, right, for the company, find the right people, make sure there's money in the bank, and get the fuck out of the way. Like, this is where I was the most valuable. So for me, it was more so an EQ game early on rather than IQ and learning actual certain skills, even though at the start, I was bootstrapped that I had to learn every fucking thing by myself in every single business. But when I really yeah. had success, it was noticing that other framework that I just mentioned that I was able to, yeah, really propel the business to support because they operated better without me.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. So what's your... Uh, what's the What's your passion in? Like, I, I'm sure you're passionate about all your businesses, but what's, what's your primary focus nowadays?
1: So, one of the latest companies I've started is football supplements. So, I'm sorry, football supplements is one of the latest companies I started. Purple football, football,
0: football. Okay, okay, sorry. Go football ahead. supplements.
1: Um, so, essentially, the company was born from my inability to make as a professional footballer due to not understanding my body enough. Uh, physically I just wasn't up to the par. Like I think technically I was, according to people around me and coaches. And I had an extensive health journey last four years where I learned a lot about the mind and body. And I was just thinking like, fuck, if I knew back then what I know now, then I would have fulfilled my dream as coming a football because that was the most authentic thing to me by far. And I was like, fuck, how can I help people in my scenario make sure that not happen to them? And then I, was, I have also a couple of supplement businesses, a retail, online business. I have had a lab in China making Psalms. So I was into the biohacking space. So I had a lot, a lot of knowledge around the supplement industry. I worked with Manchester United and Liverpool at a license level. I have the license for Umbro in Australia for, for football apparel. So we manufacture football apparel. So I'm in that industry and working with soccer clubs. So then I kind of combined all these different narratives to think, like, why isn't there anyone engineering supplements only for footballers and why is there anyone educating footballers on nutrition and how that can impact their their football careers and enhance their performance so that's where that mm. that company was kind of born so it was a combination of a couple of things coming together that I've my past experience and thinking that yeah that should be done
0: yeah well, it definitely sounds like it's, it's coming from the heart those businesses right like yeah, know, yeah. it definitely comes with a story um, can you share with us what your morning routine looks like then? Because sure. uh, I'm, I'm very much interested. Really?
1: Okay. My morning routine consists whenever I wake up, I'm more anal around when I go to bed than when I wake up. When I wake up, I wake up. I believe the sleep is, you know, the number one okay. drug in the world. If you could bottle it up and sell it, you know, everyone would be fucking downing it down. So as soon as I get up, I sit in front of my red light. I have a, a red light therapy machine. I do some meditation if I can feel like it. I'm not – if I don't feel like meditating, I just won't. And then I sum up the courage to go into my ice bath, which takes me usually 10 minutes of making all the excuses in the world. And the ice bath's around 3 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, maybe 40, something like that, 30. So I, I sit, yeah. sit in there for about 3 minutes. And in the meantime, I'm like I haven't touched my phone or I haven't checked an email. I'm, I Good. completely disconnect from anything that allows into my state of consciousness. So I'm consistently like from that dream state, I'm kind of still dreaming. That's why I look at it until I let other people into my world. And then I hopefully I get in the morning, I get, get to the office when no one's here like six o'clock. And then I have like two hours of undisturbed whatever the fuck I need to do. And it's usually the, the things that I'm not dreading the most, but the things that cause the most resistance because in the morning I'm the, I'm the strongest, right? Especially after, after ice spark, yeah. you know, I have certain neurochemicals, and dopamine's. Um, running through at high levels that allows me to, l- allows the harder things a lot easier to accomplish. So it's just work on the hardest things, whether it's writing or learning something new. And then after those first two hours, then I'll probably op- open up the world to me and start reading, cool. emails, et cetera.
0: Yeah. See, I, Matt, I always tell uh, uh, people that. When you wake up, just, just stay away from your devices. Just do not even look at your emails, text messages, social media. It's the hardest thing to do because it became a habit, right? But um, it, it, you have to allow that sleep state to continue as, as much as you can as, as soon as you become awake, and, and uh, that's great that you shared that.
1: Well, um, I use a product called like, – I'm a big believer of changing your environment – to allow, and you have to scrape like it's the easiest way, right? Yeah. So, for mm-hmm. example, if I don't watch TV, I'll take the to TV cord of the power and I'll leave it at the office. If I don't watch TV at home, if I if I don't use my phone, I buy a kitchen safe lockbox. I put a timer. I put the phone in at night before I go to bed, and I can't touch it for twelve hours. And then, like, no matter, it requires just less willpower, you know. So in the morning, mm. I don't have those battles. So I don't have the option. And, and I think what you mentioned is super important because you know, our mind's going to gravitate towards certain dopamine dopamine hits, you know, and they're going to gravitate towards the easiest access for that. And if we can re-engineer our minds and bodies to get that dopamine hit from a task that's going to be intrinsically valuable to us, it just makes life a lot easier, I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And you mentioned about uh, tasks that are not as much light or with some resistance you do them first like that's a that's a great great point and actually i i I feel that it's you know you want to hit what is difficult first get out of the way and then look do the things that you're you enjoy because sometimes you start doing the things that you enjoy before you know it it's the end of the day so that's a great point but what do you what else do you do? because there's you know we have these paradigms in our subconscious, right that don't allow us to do specific type of tasks and even though we need to do them, but they just hold us back and we just automatically go to something else and not to that right Is there something that you can guide the audience or share some kind of experience or tips what to do for them to actually get in and do what they need to do even if they don't like?
1: The way I look at this is that stories are the operating system of the mind and everything we do is just competing narratives, right? Once you're con- cognitively aware of this, then you can start to build certain narratives up to help you do the actions you need to do. So for example, sometimes it's easier to, well, I think I'll, we're engineered to survive not to thrive, right? I think that's well known. So, creating narratives around about what's the work, what would happen if you didn't do something is more inclined to, get to do the act than actually envisaging like the finish line of success. So, for example, if I need to write a piece of content for football supplements, um, the narratives I would create like if I don't write pieces of content every morning and film it, then the brand is going to fail. If the brand fails, what's that going to mean to me? How much money am I going to lose? How's that going to affect my identity? You know, so I start just stacking all these negative narratives as to what would happen if I didn't do the act I know I need to do. This, for me, seems to work better than envisaging. Oh. oh, I'm going to create a great piece of content, and you know, it's going to help people. Uh, unfortunately, I'm more motivated by by the other narrative that I just mentioned to you. What would happen if I didn't do it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, different ways of, of doing things, right? Like for. You mentioned about thrive or I'm sorry, survive or thrive. Um, You know, it's basically a a state of consciousness, right? Once you elevate your consciousness, you can become a thrive instead of a survive. Uh, But if you're not this way that you do it, you're bringing to your awareness that, hey, what am I going to lose if I don't do it? right? Like You're bringing that emotional state in you, uh, which can work. I can see it working.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely helped me. And I think research actually yeah. shows that, that this is definitely um, more of a motivator. Mm.
0: That's great. So then now, do you have any kind of uh, a venture on the way that you can share with us? Because you are a serial entrepreneur. So is there something coming from your world into the world <laughs> that uh, we should be aware of?
1: I think one of the interesting projects for me working on is a brand called me versus and that's more around helping entrepreneurs self-actualize because that's kind of the journey that i went through when i was at that point where nothing really made sense and i kind of like lost all the color out yeah same here yeah i think everyone's gone for that part and every time i speak about this as a to people they really resonate with it i think it's well needed so i've been working with a lot of my mentors doctors doctors sorry and developing some sort of framework as a basic framework for entrepreneurs to follow so they don't find themselves in this hole. So I'm passionate about that. I'm working on that. I'm also working on, as part of that brand, is a nose-to-tail performance apparel range. Meaning that, you know, I believe in the nose-to-tail approach in terms of nutrition. I like the whole sustainability approach. So we're creating intron engineer fabrics from the offcuts of animals. Um, Mm. And, yeah, like a new type of technology. So it'll be completely sustainable and it'll be a no-satel approach because having plastics on the body is detrimental to our organism as well. So I'm hoping to, yeah, be, be kind of counterproductive of that.
0: Mm. I, I see a, a theme with you, um, the theme of, of service to others, you know, try to find ideas and ways to improve people's lives. Um, you know, I could see why you're seeing the success because when you're kind of placing your effort or attention on others, by default, you know, you see success, I find it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Probably like yourself and, and doing the podcast. I think it's the most selfish thing yeah. we can do because um, it, it feels the best. And once again, you know, yeah. do more things that add Positive impact to your well-being, then you'll be able to shop in the world a lot better human, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope I hope there's a lot more of you coming out in the world. You know, that's yeah, we need a lot more of, of this in, in in our, especially in our entrepreneurship world. Um, what would you say your innermost superpower is that got you to this point?
1: Being hyper self-aware. And having the ability, hyper to really,
0: self-aware.
1: Yeah, and, and having the ability to conduct theory of mind. Theory of mind is essentially knowing someone, knowing the reason why someone else thinks a certain way better than they do. I think because all the background that I had in, psych, in the psychology and my own personal journey and having such a wide spectrum of whether it be people, countries, I, I think I understand more so what is happening within an individual's self than they do, unfortunately. It's just that because they haven't had the time, effort, or yeah, the resources to, to do the work. This has also helped me a lot to be able to help people within my inner circle, help people within my, my organizations, um, build personal connections on, a, I think, a lot deeper level, um, and find the right people to work with.
0: That's excellent. So do you, do you feel that you have a calm mind?
1: For sure. Compared, I think yeah. when I look back, like, and... All I can have is reference points of others that I've read other biographies, but I think my part, my path was a lot tougher than others, even to when I got to here. I don't think I'm successful by any means as to what I think I'm capable of for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. when I look at, say the Nike, the Nike story, you know, and the trials and tribulations that he had to go through, and I compare it to mine, I'm like, fuck me, that like, he he was like in a Hilton hotel where I had to do everything. I don't know, like I, I just look at everyone else's experience, and I really feel that my time was a lot tougher with instances that happened to me. So I think i built a lot of character out of it. And my mind has a certain reference point of the worst possible scenario. So then the day-to-day for me is always going to be incomparable to what I have experienced before. And I think throughout my life, I consistently push my mind and body to certain extremes. So then the day-to-days for me become more enjoyable, if that makes sense. Because I, mm. I think that's an important part of developing someone's character is showing the mind and body certain reference points as what, to can, what can be. And then when you compare it to other benign-like instances, you really can't get upset or you, it's hard not to be calm because you have that reference point, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. Yes. Yes, like a, like a point of reference for different areas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I do extreme sports. Like I love skydiving. I like free diving. Oh man! Yeah,
0: you know I've been sorry, Matt. I've been I've been having these visions um, that I, I skydived. It is funny that you you just yeah. said that because I, I I don't like heights, and it just it's just coming in front of me, you know, here and there. And it's like, why is this keep coming? Why is this? You know, so and now you said it as well. So maybe something I should check yeah, out. You
1: should. Yeah, look, on the side of fear is pure bliss, right? I think that. Yeah, of course. And there's always more value in doing something that you you don't want to do. So, you know, something that likes doing heights, likes heights, which I don't know how many people actually like heights, and then you have yourself that doesn't, you're going to get more value out of skydiving than I would.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could see that. And like for me, I I made it a habit to be out of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone. So it's very, it's very. it's attractive to me, you know, to go and, and do this. The only thing is the weight and my size, like I'm 6'4", you know. Like <laughs> not sure if they have the equipment. I'm like two, 280, 280, I believe. So I don't know if they have the actual <laughs> <laughs> equipment. I'll be like either going to drop like, like a rock or a pebble or I'm going to actually, they're going to be able to float in the air.
1: Yeah, the other guy that's going to have to be pretty small that's jumping with you for the weight limit. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can do it, yeah, you can't do it though. Yeah, what's the maximum weight on it? I think it's like 200.
0: Oh, so I'm over then.
1: No, 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 200 kilos, sorry, I'm, I'm talking kilos.
0: Oh, 200 kilos, okay, okay, that's okay. good. That. Yeah, okay. Borderline, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great, Matt. You know, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to come on this show. Um, if there's any last-minute uh, last uh, suggestions, tips, recommendation advice anything you could share with the audience that would be yeah
1: maybe i think what's helped me for my, my career is always cognizant of the fact that it's it's important like you can't control what you look at but you can control what you see
0: yes you know
1: beautiful and that's helped me tremendously like in the worst scenarios where for example i lost Five to six million dollars overnight when a billion-dollar retailer, which I never thought would go bankrupt, did. Um, I was probably sad for like an hour, and then the narrative I just spun to myself was that it. this was meant to happen because anyone that's ultra-successful has these massive failures. So in the moment where I should have been the most fucking depressed, I was the happiest yeah. because I felt like great. This means that I'm gonna fucking make. So like I said, like oh man, you know I. If you can, if you choose what you see all the time, then yeah. I think you, you know, persistence will pay off, and you'll ultimately make it.
0: Yeah, as, as you know, we always say that change your perception, change your world. Yeah. You know, it's, it literally is that way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and that's great that that you shared that. Um, I really I want to say thank you, Matt. Uh, whatever all the information that you shared, I can see you're gonna. You know, the sky's the limit for you the mindset is in, 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 in a really good place. And you keep evolving, right? Because mindset, it never, there's this infinite, you know, when I was more um, virgin in, in the mindset world, um, I thought like, oh, yes, I made it, you know, you'll be like, yeah, this is amazing feeling, right? And then you elevate to another layer. And then you say, okay, this is it, right? But then you get to a point, you realize that, I think this is infinite, it doesn't stop. Yeah, definitely. That's how beautiful the human being is. Yeah, for sure.
1: And, and yeah. I think, like you said, the dream is, is evolving. The dream is doing the work every day. Yeah. And I didn't work for the last four years and that's what made me realize it every morning. It's hard for other people to realize it. It's like Jim Carrey said, you gotta be famous to know you don't want to be famous. You gotta have money to know that you don't need money. Like this, all these experiences, yeah. are important for building character, but you know, I didn't work for three, four years, You know, and then I went back to work and I just hit me one day. I'm like, no, the dream is actually just having the goal and working every day and improving, like getting there. It's it's, the dream. This is the dream.
0: Yeah, great. Great. Thank you, Matt. Thank Thank you so much. Uh, No problem. Audience, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Matt's information, like always, will be in the show notes if you want to take a look at his stuff and uh, get to know him better. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are really grateful to have Matt on the show because this is an, a perfect example of, of any of you achieving whatever you want to achieve. Like there's, we, we create those limitations in our mind, you know, when we calm our mind, we start seeing things more clearly and we're understanding, wait a minute, I'm my worst enemy. And, and that's why it's important to, to look at these things and then take action. And I appreciate you guys for sharing and being part of our social media as well. Thank you once again, and thank you,
1: Matt. Thank you.